I've got a part of the heritage of a part of the world that I come from, of which I'm just so proud. I've got uh, something that's a complete steel, a complete stainless steel. Mm. Nice. Welcome to... What is it again? Fart. Fake date. Dot. Fart. <laughs> oh. I feel like we're sunbathing and just sort of farting words out occasionally to each other because we're too drunk on the sort of house-free pina coladas. Yeah. If only. Yeah. Anyway, it's a podcast about history now. Yes, it's easy to get. We both selected things from history which we thought were might entertain you for a few minutes. They might entertain you. Uh, if they don't, feel free to go and listen to Joe Rogan instead. Here's Lizzie Roper. I'm Lizzie Roper and I am permanently confused and semi-aroused. Mm. Let's go to the 13th of August, 1913. When Harry Brearley invented the first stainless steel. The problem with non-stainless steel is it rusts. However, he wasn't looking for stainless steel. That wasn't really a problem. If you look at Wikipedia, it says, oh, he invented stainless steel so that all of the world could have cheap cutlery. But that wasn't the reason at all. Because what do we like making out of steel more than cutlery, Lizzie Roper? Especially at the beginning of the 20th century. What's the thing? No. Ships. Ships. Guns. Yeah, and um... ships' guns. And the problem with ships' guns is they rust on the inside and you can't clean them off. And then they don't fire properly and it all goes wonky and you can't have any wars like you want. <laughs> so that's why we need to find some stainless money steel. Um, <laughs> so Brian Brearley, he started by adding chromium to steel. He was actually trying to find a way of keeping it uh, solid longer at higher heats. He wasn't looking for stainless steel um, and he was tested by adding chromium. Uh, but to mark out which uh, pieces of steel were which and what he'd done to them. He used to etch onto them with acid what uh, had happened. And this new steel he made, you couldn't etch onto it. It was completely etchless. And then he threw it away and it didn't rust. And it was rustless. And so he called it rustless steel until his friend, Ernest Stewart of RF Mosley Cutlery, said, ah, stainless steel sounds better. And he went, oh, it's now, yes, that's what I meant, stainless steel. And on the 13th of August, 1913, he, in his furnace in Sheffield, produced the first stainless steel. Um, The American Society of Metal doesn't count that as the first uh, stainless steel produced. Uh, It counts cast 1008, which he did on the 20th of August, 1913. So if you want, if you're in America, you can celebrate this next week uh, in whatever (laughs) way you celebrate the first stainless steel. Eat a lot of things off cutlery. Um, he wrote five books about steel and one autobiography, which was probably a bit disappointing for the publisher. Got another book on steel. Got no- well, I've got one about <laughs> me, actually. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's... So he invented stainless steel, or did he? In 1872, <laughs> Woodson Clark patented 35% chromium uh, iron alloy with 2% tungsten, which was acid and weather-resistant. In 1875, the French Mr Brutlein invented a... He said you needed low-carbon carbon chromium to do it. In 1895, German Hans Goldschmidt developed the alumothermic reaction to give you carbon-free chromium. In 1904, Leon Guillet, um, he did research non-chromium iron alloys. I mean, 
iron and chromium alloys, um, but he forgot to take any notice of the carbon. In 1909, there were more. There was Mr. Genier. He also looked at nickel, chromium, steel alloys. In fact, in 1911, Mr. Essentially, everyone had invented stainless steel before Harry Brearley, but Harry oh. Brearley got his name right. The French say they did it. The Germans say they did it. And all oh, reasonable uh, claiming done it. We say it because you know. From Sheffield, Britain, uh, Britain, Britain, Britain. Stainless Steel, Sheffield. Britain. That's where it comes Thank from. Thank you very much. That's where it's made. Thank you very much, which all leads to mine. Thirteenth of shut. Thirteenth of August. <laughs> no, shut. Nineteen seventy-seven. Absolutely yes. brilliant year for Britain. Yep. And I am sad to you. say, I am sad to say that members of the British National Front, who are peacefully mm. protesting. In Lewisham, in London, South East London, where I come from, peacefully protesting, clash with what are now rightly called Antifa and are demonised as they yes. should be. The real terrorists. Anti NF demonstrators, resulting in 214 arrests and 111 injuries. Dear, oh dear. All right. In the same summer the Jubilee happened. Dear, oh dear. What were yeah, they thinking? very sad, actually. You've got the guts to be an anti-fascist in a Jubilee yeah. year. How, how do you should just keep your mouth? What do you think the Queen Mum would think of you being against fascists, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was the Battle of Lewisham. Yes. That was what it was called, and it was a battle. All right? Who won? We well, did. Nice. They, they did. Not like Cable just, just, Street. Just to be completely no. clear, they they mm-hmm. they did. I don't know if they did. Nobody did. Oh. I don't know. It was the first use of police riot shields happened in mm. Lewisham. This is where I grew up, mm. and when I grew up too. Uh, first use of police riot shields following on from this uh, this battle in Ladywell Fields. Good lord, mm. where I used to play as a child, and you'd see a lot of graffiti, and I didn't know what any of it meant, but it was all uh, it was all pretty dodgy. Do you know um, Nigel Farage used to graffiti his initials onto his exercise books oh, in the shape of the National Front logo? Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Why didn't we see that coming? Yeah. I'm mm. Desperately trying to think of someone famous with the same initials in so that we can see if it applies. <laughs> uh, I can't. Nick Ferrari. Nick Ferrari. Nick Ferrari. Okay. Nick Ferrari. Friday. Pretty bad. And that's yeah. why property was so cheap in Lewisham, and that's why we moved there the following year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. Other NF then? celebrities are Nathan Fillion and Noel Fielding <laughs> <laughs> and architect Norman Foster. Um, let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to Lucy Stone. She was the first woman in Massachusetts to get a college degree in 1847. She started campaigning for rights for women and anti-slavery. She founded the Women's Journal, which called her the Orator, the Morning Star, and the heart and soul of the suffrage movement. She kept her own name after her marriage. One which she was drawn into the trial of a slave called Margaret Garner, who had killed her own child to prevent it from being enslaved, as Lucy Stone was rumoured to have given the slave the knife. Um, she refused to speak at the trial, but said outside, with my own teeth I would tear open my veins and let the earth drink my blood rather than wear the chains of slavery. How then could I blame her for wishing her child to find freedom with God and with the angels where no chains are? That's Lucy Stone, born today in 1818. Happy birthday to H.G. Wells, the father of science fiction, who also was a socialist, a pacifist, and probably a eugenicist in the 1930s, because everyone was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he often 
placed his science fiction in the suburban in suburban surroundings, usually Guildford or Godalming or Woking or somewhere like that. Um, in the May 1933, his books were banned by the Nazi party, and they were burned by Nazi youth at Opernplatz. Um, he also invented floor games, which were games you could play with your toy soldiers to simulate real-life battles, so essentially invented Warhammer, and he interviewed Stalin for three hours, in which he criticised the lawlessness, um, class, anger, um, the state violence, and the r- no freedom of exp- and lack of freedom of expression in the Soviet Union. Um, so Stalin didn't like him when he left. Uh, in, and in a fascinating moment where you can tell exactly who's written this sentence of the Wikipedia article about <laughs> him, we have director Simon Wells, born 1961, the author's great-great-grandson, was a consultant on the future <laughs> scenes in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Simon Wells. Well done, Simon. Well done, Si. Lizzie Roper. It's your turn. I'm here. Think, I'd advise um, you to think very carefully. Very carefully. Right. Very carefully Please. about the racist riots of 1977. Uh, excuse me. An exercise of freedom of speech. A very violent embedded in the freedom British of speech. written constitution, what we have. Very violent freedom of speech. Terrifying times. I was they 10. Were terrifying. Yeah. Um, oh, we've got Mr. Harry Brearley in 1913 yeah. with his alloys. Smelting. Who can... Who can fail to be excited by <laughs> smashing Alloys. metal together? Me, I can, which yeah. is why I'm giving all the points to Jacob Yak. Oh, oh no! Oh my god! Oh no! Oh my god! Uh, yes. So, Mr. Fair. Cockshot, did you had you pre-approved your point today the way you did yesterday, <laughs> Nat? Cocky man. It was the day before yesterday, and no, I hadn't. I felt like Harry Brearley was on thin ice, frankly both historically and as an entertaining figure of nowhere. He's not even one of Sheffield's most interesting people. <laughs> most Three interesting two. people off of Sheffield? He's got to be, he's Jarvis, got to be the most important Jarvis, person. Jarvis Cocker. Jarvis. Oh, That's yeah, it. apart from Jarvis, Jarvis Cocker. Jarvis and Jarvis. Joe Cocker. Cocky <laughs> Mitch. Cocker Spaniels. Cocker Leaky Soup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And a day helps you work, rest, and play. <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, madam. Cocker See you all tomorrow. Yeah, let's stop because. <laughs> all right. It's, it's not getting more entertaining, is it? Bye. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>